We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good day. Sort of. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. Being older, marching into retirement, wrapping up the year, things along those lines. There's nothing we can't do when it comes to investing and insurance ideas. Um, One of the things you have to break away from is what worked for your mom and dad, whether it be on Wall Street or the housing market or the insurance industry. It can't be a scenario of, well, I'm either like him or not like him. Um, That's how I kind of thought my whole life was going. My dad was a smoker. I'm like, I'm not going to be a smoker or I am going to be a smoker and not a smoker. Um, That's the basics of where I'm running this is you have to come up with a plan of your own at this point. You could take what your mom and dad taught you a lot, but you're going to have to figure it out on your own and apply what you want to. So your dad might have been totally afraid of the stock market because his dad lost a farm. You don't know people losing farms anymore. Not if they have mortgages. Mortgages are more of a modern tool where it just can't be taken away. In a bit of corporate news, a stock that is becoming more and more intriguing and alluring to me is Boeing. So down 3.8% into the year, a couple things going on. I think people are saying... I give up. It's had a bad year. They keep pushing the 737 MAX thing out even further. Recertification uncertainty. I'm out. I get people who who go that angle. I get it. And you may even have the opinion that there's a cover-up and the company's trying to squash the cover-up and you don't want to support an evil company. I get it. And that's why I'm interested. You don't typically buy real estate when everyone else is, well, that's the worst example. You tend to do that in real estate, right? It's got a herd mentality. Oh, it's going up. Let's do it. Um, I try to avoid the herd mentality when it comes to getting a little bit of a discount. If you have to do the herd mentality, scale into a position. So you're not putting all your bet in on... January 17th. Instead, you're saying, you know, it could be a little bit higher. It's been an all-time high recently. So let's just buy a third here. We'll buy a third in a month and a third down the road. And I'll get a blended average. There's no cost of, 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 of transactions, right? Commissions are free now. So why not scale in? DuPont has agreed to merge its nutrition biosciences unit with international flavors in a deal for $45.4 billion. Two very big companies. Two very, what you would refer to as industrial types, blue chip companies. I'm just not interested in them. 
they don't fall under my purview of interest. And what's kind of interesting about that is for a majority, I'm only going to be investing in things I understand and am interested in. Be interested in, I may change that a little bit. Like at some points in my career, I may say I'm going to go more hard assets. I have no interest in hard assets. Hard assets are real things like commodities, like bushels of corn. Oh boy, that's fun. Well, next year at this time, the, a lot of people think the Chinese U.S. trade war phase one got settled because of hogs. China loves pork. Again, Wild blanket statements happen in my industry. Please don't write letters. China loves pork. Their pork is dying because they don't have as healthy of a hog system as the United States. Um, a lot of people think that's the thing that got the deal done. Because hog prices have over doubled in China. What's going to happen to the price of corn? Not corn. What's going to happen to the price of chicken and meat beef down the road? It's going to go higher. In large part, there's imbalances. Anytime there's something of a shortage of one, you start consuming more of the other. You start slaughtering. And when you slaughter little baby calves and little little baby calf, little baby piglet, it takes a while to grow up and turn into delicious, yummy meat. So that happens. I know you're saying you're on fire today. Can you tell it's the end of the year as I know it? Um, Most analysts that I'm seeing right now, and I'll talk about this throughout the show, are seeing 2020 as an up year for two reasons. Maybe not two. Let's say there's going to be more. But the number one is Americans have jobs. And interest rates are relatively low. The Federal Reserve controls the interest rate direction. And the direction right now is sideways to lower. When they start saying sideways to maybe down the road, we're going to see higher. Here's our expectations for 2020. Here's our expectations for 2021. That's inflationary numbers. or They're telling us there's not inflationary numbers. So there's not inflation. Jobs are pretty much so still solid for quite a while. We've seen some signs that they can get a little bit lumpy here and there, but we haven't seen anything follow through. So we have that going on. Uh, most analysts are seeing single-digit growth. But you know what's interesting about that is single digits probably the toughest way to call the market because you're really putting it tight on a market that moves in big chunks. So we'll talk more about prognostications. And keep in mind, a lot of people that have these thoughts about where the market's going to go are in the industry, and they know that the market goes up 7 out of 10 years. So the keys for when I start getting super nervous, when unemployment approaches 6%. Because that's when it starts getting a little bit lump, a little bit too, whoa, we're going to slide out of control. It's interesting. If you've ever been in like a, uh, a mountain snow drive and you feel all your car sliding, it honestly feels like you're going off the road fast and you're going to die. And it's gone about a foot. A foot to the left. And you, you go outside and see how much it moved. And you're like, whoa, that wasn't very much. But it felt like a lot. Same thing going on in this scenario. Um, other big stories of note today. I think I got the Boeing, the phase one trade deal. Oh, did I mention? Markets are at an all-time high again today. Da, 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 da. 
So also, I want to mention this real quick. Apple, wow, holy mackerel, up another $5, say $279.79. Still haven't sold my Apple. It's kind of interesting because I talked about 240 to 260 at the start of the year as I think I'd let it go around 260. Now it's at 280. I haven't let go. A couple things have happened. A little bit new product development, a little bit better Apple 11 numbers, a little bit better narrative by Main Street about their AirPods. That business, the AirPod business, is overtaking the iPod business. At its height, the iPod business was about a $4 billion, uh, $4 billion a year revenue. Man, how does Apple get us to do it? I remember when you're paying $19.99 for a pair of headsets so you could listen to your Sony Walkman was a thing. Like, you could sometimes find them, like, on sale for 9 bucks. They were okay to awful to get us to drop $350, $300 on accessories. Whew. One of the things, I was watching golf this weekend. I don't know why. Was I? Did I have a concussion? Maybe. And I'm not relating head injuries with people who watch golf. What I'm trying to say is, I was surprised at how many people in Australia had phones. They're like, everyone's doing the whole phone, watch the golfer swing. I don't watch a lot of golf. And everyone has a case. I'm like, man, that is such a commercial for Apple in their cases. Plastic that they sell for a massive markup. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. The opinions are starting to come out on the trade war with U.S. and China. Paul Krugman is very much so controversial. Some people love him and some people hate him. It's a lot like Bill Moore on HBO's Politically Correct show. I'm not sure that's the name of his show now, but it was 20 years ago. So it's the Bill Maher show. A lot of people love him. A lot of people hate him. A lot of people think he's the smartest, most informed, insightful comic, political comment. A lot of people say not so much. Donald Trump's so-called phase one trade deal with China achieved almost nothing, according to an article published by Nobel Memorial Prize winning economist Paul Krugman. And again, it's worth reading, even if you don't like it. Krugman said American consumers paid for the tariffs. Farmers suffered. Businesses will remain uncertain about the U.S. trade policy. And then Chinese learn that Trump talks loudly but carries a small stick and it can be rolled. Again, when you look at some of the numbers, the way we were supporting the farmers in the last year was twice the size of the auto bailout. A lot of people were pretty upset with the auto bailout. Why are we saving GM? Why are we saving Toyota? Well, I guess we weren't saving Toyota. But do you remember the Super Bowl commercials about GM's bailout? I want to say there was like a Clint Eastwood back when Clint Eastwood sounded like this. Detroit's coming back better than ever before. And now he's 80. And his movie, uh, Jewel, bit of a flop. Pretty big flop. Not surprising. Lead character, puffy white guy, who was wrongly accused of uh, inappropriate actions. Quickly accused. Then they kind of like fictionalized the story. Not exactly what you want to go see. That's one that you have to go look back at the green lighting of and go, hmm. 
But Jumanji, on the other hand, home run yet again. They were expecting about forty uh, million this weekend. They got about sixty million. Not massive, but not bad for how shall we say? Not a lot of brain power went into the sequel, Jumanji Two. So you're not buying it. You're not going to see it on brain power. Oh, how many more days till Star Wars? <laughs> Don't you love it when it finally happens? Because you don't have to see that media push anymore. I do. So a big event this weekend, which my kids were into. And I, I don't know the numbers of it. I'll, I'll have to take a look throughout the show. Uh, but, you know, uh, Frozen 2 crossed the billion-dollar mark. That was going to be a no-brainer. But in Fortnite this weekend, there was a big thing to do about Star Wars. It was an event, and they shut down the game. Uh, next thing you know, there's TIE fighters flying around, and J.J. Abrams get out of a Millennium Falcon. Um, I can't say that it was all that inspiring. It wasn't that great. The Marshmallow concert was, I think, a little bit different. But this is the future. This is one way to make sure that you know millions of eyeballs will see your product. So not only did Fortnite and Epic unleash a, you know, a 30-minute commercial with one minute of new footage of, get this, the good guys storm in a rebel base. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know that was going to happen. Thanks for the big insight, right? Um, but yeah, that's a big thing right now, the whole Epic crossover events. When you get command eyeballs, that's when you want to hit them. So I'll find out what those numbers are looking like a little bit later in the shoe. Video game sales are down for 2019. I think that's a big story. Uh, there's a couple things going on, whether it be the Nintendo Switch dominating hardware sales all year long. Why? Because Microsoft and Sony said next year we're launching new hardware, and people kind of throttle back. They want to make their video game dollar investments go three, four, five years instead of, oh, the final year. Let's pour into it. We've got some stuff we could talk about with video games as well as some of the investment insights out there. Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash really, really shook up the restaurant industry pretty aggressively. And the restaurants aren't terribly thrilled with it. Some are, obviously. Some aren't. Uh, one of I, I like three restaurants. I think most Americans like three restaurants. This is a thesis that I have that some people want to go to a new restaurant all the time, and some people just want to know that their hard-earned money is going to get them what they expect, not be kind of a, a trial-and-error kind of scenario. One of them is a high-end steakhouse, and one of them is a high-end sports bar. The high-end sports bar, bar guy, he won't deliver. He wants people to come in and drink beer. The high-end steak guy, he'll deliver because he makes money on the steaks. He'd make more money if he came in and got a bottle of wine with it. But some of these people are saying, I'm not going to sign up for that because you're going to take away from my core business. Having people watch sports and drink beer. Consumers looking for convenient meals ordered $10.2 billion from third-party delivery services last year. Restaurants are adapting to the changing landscape, and they have to. The adaptation is crushing. And you see it in so many industries at this point in time and how fast it happens. I'm going to have a call with uh, CFP Chad Burton later today about you know our thoughts on the industry going to no commission trades. 
And what does the industry look like 5, 10, 15 years from now? And how can he and I be best positioned to help you 5, 10, 15 years from now? For the record, I don't want to do this 15 more years. <laughs> I know that for a fact. Uh, I will pass the torch to the next young Rob Black when the time comes. But it is fun to sit at home and get, I would almost say, higher quality delivery from Uber Eats, DoorDash, than, say, the local Chinese restaurant that seemed to have one driver that if you hit them at the wrong time, it took an hour and a half and your food was cold. So a decade ago, ordering was totally different. You chose basically between Domino's, Papa John's, maybe Mountain Mike's, and Chinese food, right? Or sometimes you would say, I'm going to go pick it up. But a survey that came out in 2011, a long time ago, found that in the United States, less than 10% of takeout or delivery orders were done online. Now, because of delivery apps like Uber Eats and DoorDash, consumers are shopping $10.2 billion from delivery aggregators, i.e. online middlemen. Uber's getting out of the delivery business in India. Maybe they should. Their IPO isn't doing what it's supposed to do. And they overexpanded looking for overexpanding revenue, and that no longer seems to be the business model we want to talk about. We want to talk about more bottom line. And that, that changes, too. But McDonald's, Starbucks, and Chipotle Mexican Grill all did well in the last 18 months, 12 months particularly, with delivery. By embracing it. The honeymoon is over, though, between the restaurants and the delivery companies. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some of the um, ramifications. But delivery companies ultimately charge about 15 to 30% as they fulfill the order. Food doesn't have that kind of margins. High-end steak still. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about investing and much, 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 much more. Uh, PG&E stock tumbling. A stock that I've been lingering around way too long, it feels like. Even though I don't own any and I don't want to own any, it's been kind of the year of PG&E. Let's talk about it. Let's do wildfires. I had in-laws who their home burned down in the Santa Rosa fire a few years back. So I know there's a personal tie. I made a mistake on radio when someone once called in and said, hey, should I buy PG&E stock? I'm like, no, you can't do that. Until they're done bringing the last dead bodies out of this fire, you can't do that because you don't know the mathematics of like how much are you signing up for? Um, how much liability does the company have? So a lot of people were asking me, like, hey, should I invest now or should I sell now? And like, you don't know the liability. It's still being determined. You don't know the assets. It's still being, you know, trying to, to figure out, recognize what they have. The escape plan of passing on into a fund sometime around now of taxpayers are paying for half of it and the utility companies are paying for half, you know, funding it through the years, hoping for the dry years. And when I say dry, I'm saying like non-fire years um, that they don't have to tap into the fund. It's too tough of a company to figure out because it's in the hands of like lawyers and 
judges, and that's not for me. Um, and I made a mistake. I said, you know, until they bring out the last body, you can't really determine risk. And it was just too soon. Um, now we can look at it more clinically and more sterile and understand. PG&E stock has dropped roughly 20% today. California's governor told the utility that its reorganization plan does not meet regulator standards. Almost as if, let's put this in front of the judge and see if we can get it done over the weekend. Governor Gavin Newsom, and I don't know, and again, this is not my strength. I don't know how to gauge his ability to say whether they did well or not. I can tell you that the utilities are a big problem, and if you think it's just PG&E who's at fault, you're insane. I think there's a lot of moving pieces to it. Do I think they have a large amount of fault? Maybe, yeah. But see, that's where it gets kind of sticky, too. I know people that have been in serious car crashes where sometimes they'll say, well... It was raining. And let's say there's someone who's died. Someone's been in a car crash and died. And the lawyers will say, okay, well, this person's at fault. And that person will say, well, there was gravel on the highway that day. And it was raining. And the state of California should have gotten the gravel off. So now the lawyers go back and they robble up. Robble, 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 robble. And they're like, well, it's 50-50 then. So we want the state to pay half the damages and we want you pay the other half or your insurance. And they come back and they go, well, the tire company, one of the tires failed in the car. And if it didn't fail, there wouldn't have been an accident. So they go, okay, well, the tire company is probably 10 15%. And they kind of start figuring it out that way. I have no clue how that works. I can tell you, I remember that Dave was an injury attorney at one point in time. And he said, when you get a case that, you know, just there wasn't enough money for the, the dead people who were wrongfully killed, you have to basically sue everyone. I'm like, What? And he said, he gave me an example where there was in West Virginia, which I love West Virginia because I could actually make fun of West Virginia here and no one's going to care because people in California are like, oh, it's the East Coast, which is West Virginia. West Virginia is a very poor state. There's not a lot of business there. The businesses that are there are very legacy businesses. Yes, they do have a great university, West Virginia University, but they don't have a robust economy minus the university system and minus the old coal towns. And that's a massive generalization, okay? There's some successes here or there, but let's face it, you've never heard of West Virginia basketball team, football team, baseball team for a reason. It's a rocky, rocky state with not a lot going on. Where do we go? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. So Gavin Newsom is basically... Putting the wait, 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 wait. Two weeks ago, it was awesome down PGE. This week, not so much. Um, and shifting the bow- power of balance back and forth with law- lawyers and shareholders, I don't like. So um, the bondholders, the insurance companies, everyone's going to have like little claims on how PGE is responsible or not responsible. And the example that I was trying to give you on everyone has little claims in West Virginia, my brother David was a personal injury attorney. Now he's a judge. But at one point in time, he was, uh, I don't know, I I don't want to like defend him or anything like that, but ambulance chaser is the best way of saying it. And a young woman turned 18 and she took out three friends and her, you know, dad, you know, picked up the bar tab and had a shot with her. She turned 18. Her friends had shots. Um, 
bartender gave them shots. Everyone probably legal on the up and up. But four girls get into a car. First time in public record, she's probably blitzed. Crashes a car into another car, kills the driver of that car. So now there's suddenly five people dead, right? And you, you look at the insurance that the, per, the driver had, and it's $200,000 or $100,000. And you can't bury five people and do damages for $100,000. So you have to suddenly start going after the bar, the bartender, the alcohol maker. Did they label their alcohol content correctly? The tire company, the car company, the roads. Um, and you're just trying to get your client, you know, a proper burial. It's, I know I'm making kind of excuses for the industry, but it, it's tough to assign blame. And that's one of the reasons I don't play legal challenges like PG&E. And I'm sorry, because that's the story of the year right now for people in California who own shares of PG&E. What do I do with this? And sadly, what I learn every time something like this happens to a stock, when it becomes kind of a civil war, where you want one side to win and the other side to lose, and then you want that side to win. Sadly, I learned that some people are just stupid when it comes to investing. Like, they're just not very savvy. They just make the mistake of, you hear it, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Oh, I only own shares the company I work for. I'm like, what else do you do? Well, I drink beer. Okay. I go to the 49er games and I work. So I don't have time to be a stock picker. Like, ah, there was other options. You just didn't pay attention. I see this stuff. Anyhow. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Markets are toying, playing with all-time highs today as we got phase one done. Enough to the point that all parties say it's done. Enough to the point that we think it's done until it's not done. And the fact that U.S. and China made a relationship trade deal. Apple's moved up 10 points. Apple's... It, that's insane how much it's moved up. Um, it's a trillion-dollar company. So when it moves a point or two, it, it's moving like five or six points for billion-dollar companies. Um, it's really that kind of impressive, if you get my draft. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, homeowner, home builder sentiment soars to a 20-year high. This is a conundrum. Housing is so expensive. How can we continue to say, keep building, keep building? It's almost as kind of Napoleonic, right? We're so confident in the outcome of the war that we're just going to keep building. The National Association of Home Builders, not NAR, that's the realtors, but the nobbies. Um, the confidence on home builders jumped five points last month. That's a big increase. And I'll tell you what, like I said, my neighbor's uh, guy died in the house last year. Took about six, seven months for the house to be sold. Took six or seven months for me to get a letter that says, we're building a big house right next to your house. I'm like, lovely. The only thing I don't like about it, and again, if they have the property, they legally are allowed to go up two stories. Even though all the lots were eventually one house on two lots, now it's one house, one lot. Okay. But, uh... I just don't like the inconvenience. Sounds to me like a summer of getting nails in my car kind of thing. Sounds to me like a summer of fighting for my own spaces in front of my home uh, with construction workers and playing games like not leaving until 10 o'clock when they show up at 9 o'clock. Yes, yes, I'm that kind of petty. 
800-516-1220. So the housing home builders are still confident. They're going up. So that's short-term positive, long-term, we don't know. Are they biting off more than they can chew? SP 500 and NASDAQ hit record amidst the trade deals. President Trump got done or accomplished two very major cornerstones of his election. He got NAFTA renegotiated, and that seems to be in place. It seems to be a key legislative win for him. Um, Again, not all the details are known. The devil is in the details in a lot of these trade deals. And if, like, for instance, China or Mexico backs out or slips, like, how can you technically enforce it? Does it get enforced? What's that enforcement look like? So there are some details there that we still do not know. But two big pieces of legislation. So the Chinese trade uh, renegotiation. I can already see his campaign say, 2020, you know, we're going after Europe next. And heck, while we're at it, let's go after Canada. Or, you know, it's going to be something, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Taking a look at the big picture today of what's going on. Um, market highs. Boeing is weaker and the market's still hitting highs. Telling you that Boeing's not dragging down the Dow. DuPont's higher on that merger with International Flavors Division on Nutrition and Biosciences. Um, the manufacturing survey out of Empire um, was was net positive. So the data's out there today. It's end of the year. It's kind of a ho-ho-ho Santa Claus rally going on. Plus, the trade deal's done in theory. Phase one. On to phase two. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show and passing on the word that the show is listenable. Big story of the day is Boeing's down about 3%. The markets are hitting all-time highs, though. Boeing is a big component of markets, as it is a big, valuable U.S. company, and markets tend to be market-weighted. So the bigger you are, the more you uh, you count towards the value of that index. With that said, it should not be the end-all, be-all story of the day, because you know Boeing's loss or Boeing's negative is being offset by Apple's positive. The broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. I'm probably more interested in Boeing for the short-term performance possibilities than for Apple's short-term profit possibilities. Just sharing with how my head works, Apple's had a great year. Boeing's had a substandard year. When you look back at your athletic career, you probably had one great year, and then some years you had injury years and you didn't do so well. How did he bounce back? Um, but I love the research of this business. I love reading analyst reports. I love reading market reports. I love applying what I know from experience as well as my insights from you know youth and being exposed to technology. There was a day and age where I was a Diet Coke enthusiast. Don't know. I want to call it the mid-90s when Diet Coke had its day. You'd see me, you'd see a Diet Coke in my hand instead of a beer, instead of a coffee, instead of whatever. Kept me awake, I think, is the idea. And see, this was slightly before Red Bull started 
you know, kicking off. Um, so I was never a Red Bull guy. But one of the things that turned me off to soda was that they started introducing more and more flavors to it. And I'm like, what's wrong that they can't just sell the product, right? So, and then I started doing research on it and I looked at, I don't need a strawberry guava diet soda. I don't, but I get, I get it. I get it. I, it's all, you know, Kentucky fried chicken. You want crispy or original, like choices are good for people. Do you want the spicy barbecue sandwich or the regular barbecue sandwich? Because if you get the spicy and you don't like it, it's a bad problem for everyone. Americans, right after World War One and Two, as we started building more homes and communities, we went from basically salt, pepper, oregano, maybe a garlic, and we said, let's come up with some more condiments. Let's come up with some more spices. And Coke's done that, too. And again, that's when it dawns on you that marketing of product is super important, but who are they marketing it to is also super important. For feisty cherry diet Coke or zesty blood orange diet Coke or twisted mango diet Coke or ginger lime diet Coke, they're going after the millennials. Um, My palate's not that complicated. It doesn't need that much enjoyment going on. But then you like uh, you start having kids, and I was explaining to my kid the other day. I'm like, yeah, back when you wore a diaper, there was a, and I was just trying to make him laugh. I was like, uh, you know, the, the diaper color would change if you wet yourself. And he's like, really? And like he doesn't know all this stuff. And I'm like, sometimes I'd just ignore it. I'd make you wear it a couple hours too long. So if you ever want to sue me one day, like I was a bad dad, you could totally do it. But Huggies special delivery diapers now, like there's so many choices. What's the perfect diaper? People like choices, apparently. Gatorade's coming out with its first version caffeinated product ever. You got to be willing to go where the tastes change. And sometimes you see companies stay with the same old, same old. For instance, I don't understand C's candies. Yes, I, I get that it's candy in a mall. Yes, I get that it's overpriced fudge or whatever you want to call it. But it feels like, man, that's... They, they're looking like they're operating out of the 1930s. And ain't it great there, ladies? Come on into the store. Get your bite of a sugary delight. But it's cute when you start looking at companies that do change. And, like, how do you feel when I say Gatorade's coming out with a caffeinated version? Do you remember when your mom would go and buy bacon and it was just bacon? Now there's apple. But there's, like, hundreds of bacons. I'm like, get the one that's on sale. There's so many options of pet food now. If you're giving yourself dog dry, old historical kibble, you're a horrible pet owner. In the eyes of the pet industry commercials, doesn't your dog want fresh garden vegetables in their meal? No, they want a bloody dead cat. But we won't give them that because it doesn't market quite as well. But again, take a look at even the refrigerated meals. And the the frozen meals. There used to be two or three frozen pizzas. Now there's plenty. There's stuff that's fresh that you cook up. Yeah, sure. Okay, got it. But there's also like General Tso's chicken and sesame orange chicken. And like there's a lot more options because younger people have more desire for crazy flavors. Just look at the and they they don't mind the process of it. Look at the Doritos. Uh, spicy stuff. 
Holy mackerel. They're rating whether it'll kill you or not. This Dorito has killed three people in America. North America, not just America, but North America. So one of the better things about this industry is you do get to see some odd facts here and there. Like how many spices we went from a family back in the 30s and 40s and 50s from like four to 16 in the 70s and 80s. If you go through my spice drawer now, there's 32 to 60. Now, most of them have gone bad because I'm overbuying spice, right? I'm buying a big container, four ounces or whatever it is, and I just need a pinch for that recipe. We are so well marketed, too. I think that was the point of that segment. Coming up, more for you about investing and, and so much going on in the markets. Um, let's take a quick look at how the markets are doing. Major indices are at all-time highs. Congratulations. If you get a little chance to look at your 401k, do. It's not going to always be such a happy experience. You're not always going to have that relationship with wanting to look at your wealth. Today's a good day to look at it if you like that. Woohoo, look at me. I'm cool. There's relative strength in tech stocks because both China and the United States have fingers in the pie. There's trade optimism, upbeat Chinese data, and there's a bullish bias intact in the United States. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial.